It's not just another boring podcast from some loser broadcasting from his mom's basement. It's from his dingy garage instead. Whatever, man. We cover everything. Pop culture, food. Let me guess, tacos again? That's that's what this show's about. Politics, sports, entertainment, and whatever the hell else is on his mind. I have an addictive personality. Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Scared to tell us the city, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo, what's good, y'all? It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I am your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. My government name. Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast. You can also go to iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or tune in. Typing in the keyword search, the Big Brother Jake Podcast, boom, you're in there. It's good to be back on the show. It's good to be back in front of a microphone doing this podcast. Um, I will be honest because I advertise this as the realest podcast I've ever done. <laughs> and I have to set the record straight on a lot of things today. Um, I'm going to be real with y'all because that's what's supposed to happen. When you say, this is the realest podcast ever, you got to kind of live up to it. And I'm going to do that today. You know, a lot of times I'll pick a silly topic to talk about and we'll mix in some silly, don't worry. Because, you know, this is a show of escaping from reality just a bit. But it's also a show of the people and it's a show that you can relate to. And I want to relate to the people, the audience that listens to this show. You know, there's a there's a pretty decent following uh, of this podcast, and I'm very proud of that. And I enjoy each and every day that I do this podcast. And there's some, you know, I'll be honest, <laughs> realest podcast ever. I would say, like, out of the last six podcasts I've done, like four or five of them really kind of not really good. None of my best, and a lot of it's because I wasn't me. Um, here's the thing. You know, I've, it's well documented that I, <laughs> I love social media, and I love my smartphone, my I, you know, iPhone, and I love making my life public. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not close, which... I will say where I live now, there is somebody that does listen to this podcast in my complex, and that freaked me out because I had a Big Brother Jake sticker on one of my like headphone bags I was taking to work, and it's like, do you listen to that podcast? True story, true story. Do you listen to that podcast? I'm like, yeah, it's pretty dope, man. Like, I love Big Brother Jake. He's like the dopest podcaster I've ever met in my life. He's like, dude, your voice sounds really familiar. I'm like, nah, man, you know, I'm just chilling, bro. He's like, wait a minute. Nah, and that freaked me out because never in my life, ever in my life, have I been recognized off of the podcast. Now, when I worked at Fox Sports Radio, I was recognized a few times, a few times, took a couple pictures, nothing big, you know, but it was it was a great stroke to the ego, not going to lie. But, you know, it was kind of trippy going to my truck and being stopped by somebody that saw the sticker. And, of course, I had some extra ones in my headphone bag, and I gave him one. He's like, man, that's dope. Thank you. 
And so, yo, Johnny, shout out to you, homie. <laughs> Johnny is uh, my neighbor. <laughs> and uh, he, he really made my day about a week ago. So, this is, yeah, shouting you out. I told you I'd shout you out on the podcast. So, there you go, bro. But where was I going with this? I'll tell you. So, this podcast means a lot to me. And, you know, I think everybody that's sported the T-shirt, you know, retweeted, re reposted, told people about the podcast. I'm so thankful for that, like each and every day. And so I had the opportunity to get this podcast on a big um, podcasting, like, I guess a syndicator. Like, that's all I know on radio. Like, radio, we would syndicate you and put you on a lot of stations. And they were like, you know, we're looking for some raw, fresh talent. So I said, hey, I would like to submit my podcast. And I was told, great. Do you know anybody famous? No, no. I mean, I do. But I don't use my friends that of notoriety, I guess you could say, and try to use them to get on the podcast or, you know, I mean, I've pulled those cards before to get them on, but like, I don't always ask them to come on my podcast. Cause I, there's a, there's a thin line between love and hate. I know some of y'all would follow it with that. Um, but there's a, there's a blurred line. I should say, blurred line. Hey, come on, focus, Jake between friends. And then, you know, the friends with celebrity, you don't want to like, Hey, I know you're my friend. Come on the show. I mean, P-Dub is famous, but I always ask him to come on. <laughs> what up, P-Dub? But they were asking for people of notoriety. I said, no, but let me tell you, my show is for the people. It's homegrown. It's, you know, a regular middle-aged man telling his story to an audience that could be relatable. And they were like, okay, we'll give it a, we'll give it a listen, and we'll get back to you. So... I submitted the podcast, and it was an agonizing, <laughs> agonizing four days. It was on a Friday, and on Monday, I was told, hey, by the way, love the production value of your podcast. We don't hear podcasts that like separate their segments the way you do and change it up, and you know, you add characters into it, but there's no characters. Quentin is my assistant, but they, for whatever reason, they thought that was my character. Anyway, and <laughs> it's always the worst when you're the second banana in life a lot. It kind of sucks. And here I am thinking, finally, this might be my big break. This might be my chance to do something major. And I'm told, you need more star power. <laughs> Now listen, I've worked with people, reality TV stars, athletes, musicians that have done radio, and they think they could just walk into a studio, turn on a microphone, and just talk and think they're that riveting. But it takes a lot of work. I mean, I've been a producer, and I'm an engineer, and I've been on the air as a sidekick to many shows I've worked on. So there's a lot that goes into a show. So... With my background in that, <laughs> that's when I was told, your production value is amazing. You should produce more podcasts for a lot of people. And I was like, 
damn. And it crushed me because I thought that I was ready. And it's one person's opinion. And yeah, I wasn't what they may have been looking for. And that's okay. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. You know, I try to keep it fresh, keep it alive with doing podcasts. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I failed at it. And it's not the last time I'm going to fail at anything in life. You know, it's it's been a crazy six months. So, you know, I'll get to that. But the thing is this. Um, I always say big things happening, you know, like every other show. Okay, every show. And I hit milestones and I do make certain things happen for the podcast. But this was one I couldn't wait to tell if it was going to come to fruition. And it did not. And that's when I was hitting social media heavy. And again, I live my life publicly. But for some reason, between that, the podcast, and a couple other things I was dealing with, I was really heavy on social media to a point where I was like, damn, 154 pickups in like a 10-hour, you know, how your phone could track your screen time. Screen time was like 11 hours and 27 minutes. And that's when I was like, damn, here we go again. Because the thing is, you try to fill a void. So basically, as the fake philosopher, I'm the most fake of all because I give all this advice. Some of it I, I, I give because I like the quote. It, so, and there are people that are like, damn, you're going through it, dog. Like, But it's not really that. Sometimes I just like the quote. Sometimes I know somebody's going through it, but I won't publicly say anything, but I'll let them know like my heart is with you and I'm thinking about you, you know, friends and, and family, whoever, you know, but... I don't take my own advice sometimes, a lot of times. Um, and I let it get ahead of me or get away from me, and then I sink into this weird place. Now, I've had people tell me, you know, I, I, I straight up deactivated my social media. Um, if you're hearing this, it's because you're a subscriber or you follow the Big Brother Jake podcast, um, Instagram, and Facebook, and Twitter pages, which that, you know, it gets updated and I don't do it myself. I have somebody else do it for me, especially now because I don't want to be on there. Um, because, again, you you put your hands put your 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 likes and your 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 everything into the hands of an audience living for the applause when they don't applaud you start freaking out and i think i got to that point because you know i posted a while back and this is an ego stroke to me um hey i'm doing a podcast on monday i think it was like 2 weeks ago so you know be ready for tuesday morning for upload and I didn't do it because I was tired and not one person checked up. And I'm not saying that to guilt anybody into listening to the podcast or anything, but it was a reality check because I was like, man, people listen, people like it, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, 
No, people don't sit there and wait for a podcast. People got lives, you know. People got work, <laughs> you know. They got kids to look after. They got, you know, things are going on, and, you know, students, whatever you're doing. Like, you know, shout out to University of Laverne, the alma mater. Sorry I missed homecoming. Uh, <laughs> I was busy, busy dealing with myself. Like, I didn't want to go to homecoming because – I felt like, what have I really done since then? But, you know, there's a lot of pain associated with my alma mater because I used to work there. But, you know, I may be sounding kind of off kilter, off key, whatever. But um, the thing is this. People on social media, and this has been said, they portray images. And I'm very guilty of that. I portrayed images of, you know, great dad, which I am a great dad. I don't give a damn what anybody says. Like, my kids are my everything. But, you know, pictures with the kids, pictures at Staples Center, pictures taken with celebrities lately, which, by the way, I finally met Fat Joe, just came from a Laker game tonight. Lakers whooped that ass against Memphis, but thank you, Memphis, for the paychecks. Appreciate you. Um, but, yeah, I got to meet Fat Joe, one of my hip-hop uh, idols growing up. Um, so it was a good night in Lakerland and I got to work with the late, uh, at a Lakers game. So it was dope, but I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to post it. Nah, yeah. I deactivated my account temporarily because I needed a break from it because I was posting a lot and I was so into everybody else's lives and wanting to see how everybody else is living. Some people I see they're quote unquote living. But I know they're not living as happy as they're portraying. And I was one of those people. So I think it was my first or second episode I talked about addiction. Yeah. Damn. I'm addicted. <laughs> and it's sad. It's sad. Like, I for, for the first time in a long time just started picking up the phone and calling people. Not even texting. Because people text too damn much and stuff gets lost in context and all of a sudden, well, what's wrong with you? Like, nothing, man. I'm just maybe it's the way I worded it. So I like literally pick up a phone and call people. And it's been good for me. And, you know, for those that can't call, I text. But I had one guy hit me up and say, damn, fool, why'd you block me? I went to your Instagram page and it showed no photos. So I thought it was blocked. I was like, listen. I mean, I appreciate you calling me and telling me that, which you picked up a phone and reached out. That was beautiful. Thank you for that. But why would I block you? Now, think about it. Unless you know you've done something to me, then, yeah, I'm going to block your ass. But I legit did not block anybody. <laughs> I wanted to go underground because I wanted to create like a highlight reel of this podcast, you know, for this podcast syndicator to get me going. And I really thought I had a shot. So... I kind of disconnected myself from everyone and everybody, and I had a chance to work with a musician also. Well, not named a musician, and I or submitted, I should say, like 40 beats, and two of them were liked, which is pretty good, but they were trying to lowball me, you know. If I know you, you have the money and you're going to pay a producer, that makes beats not as good. Thousands of dollars? Don't try to play me. You know, with concert tickets, a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> now nah, I work too hard for that. You know, so between that 
not working out, failed, trying to get trying to get this podcast on more countries and more listeners, you know, the hundreds of people, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, could have had ten, tens of thousands, and you know, so I I just fell into a hole, man. I just fell into a hole, and it really got to me. And looking for validation through social media. Some will say, "Oh, you know, perceive me as weak because I can't handle it." Well, won't you have willpower? You know, I will. I'll be back on, but I'm learning a lot not being on again. The second time. First time was 30 days. I don't know how long I'm going to go this time. You know, it feels good not being on there. But then I notice I go right to my phone when I want to share something. And I'm like, some people just don't give a damn. Like, really? Jake, okay, great. You ate tacos. Whoopity-doo. Oh, you met a rapper. Whoopity-doo. And it's like, okay, yeah, you know what? People probably don't give a damn. You know, but I have had some people say, oh, man, I miss your fake philosopher quotes. And I love doing those. But brother just need to pull back, you know. So no, I didn't block anybody. No, I'm not, you know, in some weird place. I, I've been sad, not going to lie. I've dealt with some personal things, not going to lie. Um, but the thing is when you're not, even with close friends, and I'm not calling anyone out, but, like, if, if you're not in a positive place because I'm always the one that's, hey, man, if you need anything, let me know. Hey, man, if you, if you need a couple of dollars, yo, I got you. If you need, you know, you're going through problems, man, call me. What are you waiting for? You leave yourself open to a lot. And those same things aren't returned all the time. So then you're like, oh, damn, okay, I'm really going to have to battle this on my own. Because you don't want to talk to the same four people, and then they're like, yeah, Jake, we know. You're going through blah, blah, blah. Sorry, man. It'll get better. Keep trying, and I keep going back, and it's like, damn, I'm going to wear these people out. So you're going to learn to go through it on your own. And I had to do that, and it's okay. It's okay. Um, But people cope with certain things that happen in their life in different ways. I just happen to do it through social media. And just yearning and yearning and yearning for that validation that I just, why the, why, why? (laughs) Because sometimes we just hate being felt inferior, I guess you could say, or not feeling your full worth or you think you haven't reached your full potential. But then you got to reach back and kind of just take a minute to disconnect. And that's what I did. And. I went underground, still underground, you know, I'm screening calls. Like, I don't, I don't even want to talk on the phone right now. And that's sad, you know, but there are those few that if you need to get a hold of me, yeah, fine, hit me up. But, like, I'm just in one of those places, man. And, you know, why are you saying this on your pocket? I said all that to say this. The realest podcast I ever did. Um, stop seeking validation from those that kind of care because half the people you know they don't care and the other half are glad you have the problems that's what they say but you know I also feel like who the hell am I to be out there like I am and nobody cares and I gotta realize that <laughs> I mean, it's my life, but 
Who the hell cares? Like, who really cares I met Big Boy from Outcast? Like, really? That's cool, Jake. You know, but we don't need to hear about it all day long. We know you like tacos all day long. We know you like Maui all day long. We know you work at Staples Center all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I could see where I can get on people's nerves, man. <laughs> but I start getting on my own nerves and demanding more of myself. And I could channel that energy better. My doctor said my diabetes is, you know, about a month ago was the worst he's ever seen it. The worst he's ever seen it. And there's reasons because I'll tell those reasons in the near future. But, and I've hinted at them already. But that's when it got real. And how do I cope with that? By doing the same dumb shit that the doctor told me not to do. <laughs> and... I had a reality check because I'm 43. My dad was 56 when he passed away. That's 13 years from now. In 13 years, my oldest will be 27. My middle will be 23. And my youngest will be 17. And then it's not fair for them to be without a dad because I was negligent. And my mom even told me when I talked to her on the phone today, she's like, I don't want you to die. I don't want you to die. I, you know, we lost your dad. Why don't you do something about it? You know, because I, I admit it. Yeah, I fell off, ma, big time. And, you know, I had some other health scares and, you know, health, you know, because I promised I would talk about this a couple episodes ago. You know, they found some blood clots in me. Well, they found some masses, but they ended up being like blood clots. So I just, you know, took some Coumadin or whatever. And that part is healed. And that scared me. And I didn't want to say anything because a lot of my behavior is self-destructive. But it's not like drugs or anything. You know, but food is a damn addicting thing. It's, it, food could be a drug, you know. Attention-seeking could be a drug. And I think it was both of them because, you know, solo dolo all day long, it's like, what do I do? I'm going to eat. I ain't going to read a book. I'll go for a walk. But then it's like, man, I'm out of shape. So what do I do? I'm going to go eat because I feel sad that I'm out of shape. And, you know, I'll walk five miles. I start cramping. When I used to be able to run marathons. And that's the thing. You know, there's a lot of tangents I'm going off of right now. But when I was down about my diabetes and I'm down about whatever they found in my lungs or whatever and down about, you know, relationships and everything else, um, it's like, well, how do I cope? Well, make the world my diary. <laughs> and it's stupid. Like, it's okay to be public if you're a celebrity or but I'm not. I'm really, I, I, I am a loudmouth and I am, you know, very um, extroverted. But I don't have a lot. I know a lot of people and I got a lot of acquaintances and a lot of friends, but very few best friends. Very few people that know the real Jake Warner. Not Big Brother Jake, not Sir J Dog, but Jake Warner. And Jake Warner is really a shy dude that has a crooked smile, that 
when he's told he's handsome, he blushes because I got low self-esteem. I don't believe it. And so how do I cope with all that and being insecure and, you know, feeling like the, the fat kid from elementary school? I try to give validation on social media and be self-destructive. But then I got to remember, I got babies. And I do have people that do love me. And I do have people that want to see me win. And I get selfish and tend not to care what people say, do, think, whatever. So, yes, I relapse on social media. I've relapsed on a lot of things in my life. But I'm human. I'm human. I try to look like I got it together sometimes. So when I go to certain people and I look desperate, it's because I don't have it together. Because people are used to me having it together. Well, Jake, you, you give good advice. Well, Jake, you know, you're working all these jobs for all these high-profile people. But when they see me going through what I go through, it freaks people out. Then they're like, yo, what's going on with you? I don't know if I want to talk to you right now. Or you're different or you're this. And then it, you feel messed up again. So then you go back to your self-destructive ways. You know, I should not be drinking Coke, but I drink it every day now. I have lost 15 pounds, and I have fit into a lot of my clothes, but it's not healthy weight loss. It's anxiety. It's, it's worry. It's thinking about other things. So here's the thing, and I'm going to end this segment on this note. If you're dealing with something, it's not a bad thing to deal with it alone because sometimes you got to go through the storms to see all the, 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 you know, flowers blossom. And you can harvest all the seeds you planted because seeds need water. You may be going through a storm. But that storm is going to teach you that you can survive the storm and plant the seed to be better and have a better tomorrow. I guess you can call that a fake philosopher quote, but that's Jake Warner from San Bernardino, California, by way of Barstow, California. Not Big Brother Jake, not Sir j Dog. <laughs> There's a story behind that. Just Jake Warner telling y'all, it's okay to hurt. It's okay to struggle. But the best liberation is being who you are and not who you're portraying yourself to be or some image you're trying to keep up. I try not to curse on this show. Fuck it. I do it now. <laughs> that was gratuitous. Um, But I'm going to get even more real in the next segment. So, yeah, I'm not on social media right now. I don't know when I'm going to return. It feels pretty liberating not to be on there, to be honest. I miss it because there's some people that's the only way I got a hold of them, but I give everyone that I talk to a lot my phone number. Text me, call me. Some people just don't want to do that because they'd rather just do it through social media, but <sighs> that false validation, worrying about what everybody else is into, FOMO, fear of missing out. I have a serious case of FOMO, and I hate it. Checking up on people. How they doing? You know, oh, man, they're, they're on vacation. They're doing. 
Look, man, some of my best moments are not even on camera, not even in a picture, not in a video, not on Instagram, not on Facebook. But it's real, man. It's really real. And I even know people that have had relationships end because of social media. And that's scary. And friendships end because of social media. That's scary. And not that that was going to happen to me or anything, but I'm portraying that, hey, man, everything's great. Working at Podcast One, working with the Kings and the Clippers, but I'm flawed. I'm flawed. And I don't want people to know that I'm flawed. And when I kind of present it, people are like, whoa, wait a minute. That's not, is that who you are? Sadly, it is. So, I don't know when I'll be back, but I feel liberated. And if I get the validation, fine. If I don't, fine. Because I'm at a point now where I hope you all love what you hear every day. I'm just trying to be as real as possible. And if no one ever listens after this, that's fine. This is my diary today, and I'm going to tell my story, but... Sit back, put on your seatbelt, because the next segment, oh man, y'all in for a mother-loving treat. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Okay, so that song you just heard right there, uh, that song is an original composition that I created, and I wanted to create... A wedding song with an urban feel to it. And I made that song probably about nine years ago. It's one of my favorite tracks that I've ever made. Um, And it was close to my heart. Like, there's a lot of emotion I put into that particular track. I know I'm getting all melancholy or whatever. But the reason why I bring it up and the reason why I played it, um, I had a friend... No, I really, really, I know, I know, I don't have a lot, but one of my friends that I'm not super close with, but we're, we're close, but uh, they invited me to go to, to a wedding out of state, and I couldn't make it, couldn't make it, and I said, I apologize, I wish there was something I could do, you know, give me an address I could send gifts to, or he was like, no, 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 I want two things from you. I want two things from you, and if you can give them to me, we're good with you not being at the wedding. I said, you name it, bro. I got you. He said, the first thing is, I actually do love that track, that that urban wedding song thing you did on uh, your music to ride to. It's my second album that I did, second instrumental album. And I said, you know what? Sure, you can use it if you like it. He's like, yeah, I want to use it. Okay, go for it. And this this is this is hard. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because it's a nervous laugh. But he's like, uh, the second thing, I need your advice. I'm like, okay. What do you want to know? He's like, I need longevity. I need to know the longevity. I need to know how you remain in love for a long time. I was, I was married 21 years. I was. And 
I will talk about that in the very near future. But yeah, I was married 21 years. And while being married 21 years, I told my friend, I said, listen, the key to staying in love and the key to doing things the right way and enjoying your significant other is to continue to reinvent yourself. And you just got to hope the other person likes the way you keep it fresh. But I would compare love to two things. The first thing I would compare a long relationship, whether it's marriage or courtship or boyfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you are. Relationships are like Krispy Kreme donuts, okay? What? What are you talking about? (laughs) Krispy Kreme donuts. That's what I compare relationships to. Because you go to a Krispy Kreme and you see the sign light up. Fresh donuts, like right out the oven. Oh, snap. You know these are going to be good. You know those are going to be good. If you like donuts. Let's just assume you do. So you go and you walk into the Krispy Kremes and you're like, give me a dozen. I want a dozen of those donuts fresh out the oven. Okay. So you're craving this donut. You've been wanting it a long time. You know it's going to be bomb. Like, it's fresh. It's ready to eat. So you take a bite of that first Krispy Kreme donut. Oh, how good it is. Man, it's so good. Like, it almost melts in your mouth. It's so fresh. And you you, you just proceed to eat the donut. Every single bite is just amazing. Tastes so good. And you're like, man, that feeling is wonderful. Like, that was the best donut I've ever had in my life. I want that same feeling. Like, I can have more. I can have more. So I'm going to have more. So you had that second one. Still fresh. Still good. Feeling a little bit like, uh, okay. It's still good, though. I'm enjoying it. It's still fresh, still tastes good, tastes almost as good as the first one I ate, but it's still good. Feeling okay, feeling a little bit full, but most of us are gluttonous, let's be honest. And you want to have that feeling of the first donut. And the second donut didn't give you the feeling that you wanted. So you go for a third donut. You eat the donut, you bite into it, still sweet, still good, it's good. But you're kind of tired of the taste because eh, you're not getting the feeling you had from the first donut. And the second donut didn't give you the feeling from the first donut, so you had a third one to try and chase the first one, and it's just not hitting right. You're starting to feel sick to your stomach because all that sugar... You're starting not to like it. You're getting full. You're uncomfortable. You're bloated. And that third donut's not that fresh because you've already had that box open a while. It's not hitting the way the first one did. And now you're resenting the donuts. Yes, I'm a fat ass. I'm going to equate it to food. 
So you see, I'm gonna speak from a guy's point of view. You see that bomb ass girl at the club or the beach or the library, wherever the hell you go to meet females nowadays, you know? And she's like fly as hell. You get each other's number, you start talking, you know, you're learning each other. Oh man. I'm learning, you know, I know her favorite color. I like, I know what she likes to eat. Man, like, it's just, oh, that's cool. You start going places for the first time. And so you go through the whole cycle and time evolves. Then you get comfortable. You're still impressing and trying to impress because, you know, you want to maintain a relationship or whatever. And you're like, man, this... This feels good still, you know, I'm still happy. We don't have a lot of time to do things because, you know, we're both working, we're both this, you know, we got responsibilities, you know, if you're younger like I was, oh man, I have, you know, got to go to school, you know, you got to go to college, I got to go to college, whatever, but it's cool. Then you're around each other a lot. You start picking up on things. There's your third donut. Some of the things they do irritate the hell out of you. They don't pick up their socks or take the trash out or they leave the bathroom sink a mess with all their mascara and brushes and everything. Or you're not a leader of the house. Oop, did I say that? Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> that was wrong. But I don't care. Um, so you're not going out as much. And you're both not trying as much as you used to. You know, oh, I'm going to cook him his favorite food. Oh, I'm going to get her her favorite flowers. Oh, I'm going to book this trip to here. But kind of tired of it. You really want to feel like that. But then you have kids. And, you know, you're married or you're in a courtship, you know, a long relationship. You know, common law, whatever. And you don't have time to go out. And some of the things that used to be cute aren't as cute anymore. And you're like, uh, the potential of you was great, but you didn't live up to the potential in my head. That's the third donut. So my friend says, how do I keep making fresh donuts? I said, you really got to get to know the person and don't jump into something. See the red flags first. And realize what you're really getting into because if you're just like you know love is bliss and ignorance is bliss and love is blind love could be blind deaf dumb and stupid sometimes because you'll overlook a lot of things you don't see and then you're like what the fuck did i just get into and you start resenting yourself and start resenting other people and it ends up bad and not desirable and not what your fairy tale in your head was and I said, if you can do that and you really know each other and you can still feel goosebumps when you walk in that door eight years later and happy to see that person, yeah, you've met the right person. Keep that going. You know, miss each other. Go, let, let, let your mate go on her girlfriend trips and you go with the fella. Like, do all those things, you know. And I also said, you know, because, well, what's the second piece, you know, because now I'm hungry when Krispy Kreme, he doesn't pay attention, but... Him and his girl are good. Um, I said, love <laughs> can either be dopamine or serotonin. Dopamine gives you that quick feeling of, 
oh man, this feels good. I love all of this. This is brand new and everything's fresh and everything's great. Like, yeah. And then, you know, you, you go a hundred miles an hour really quick and it could be three months later. You're like, eh, yeah, maybe I was just in lust. Maybe the sex was good. Maybe, you know, whatever it was. And you realize, nah, this ain't it. As opposed to serotonin. You're hitting on all cylinders. Everything seems to be like, damn, you like that too? Me too. You know, y'all become Mr. and Mrs. Me too. You too? Oh, me too. <laughs> you know? Um, you give each other space for, you know, room for error. You give each other, you know, you're forgiving. You're loving. You're, you, you, the things that irritate you, but they're cute, are still irritating, but they're still cute to you. And you don't yearn for anyone else. You don't yearn for, you know, and, and serotonin is long. It's just, it's a feeling that lasts a long time. It's a satisfaction that lasts a long time. And my homeboy was with his girl for four years. And he was like, yeah, it still feels fresh. And I don't want to, anyone else. I don't even look at other girls. I was like, you know what? Then you're about to have some serotonin and stay the hell away from Krispy Kreme. <laughs> but that's the thing. Sometimes you don't know when to call it quits, but you keep going hoping it'll last longer. And instead of hitting the eject button, you keep going. Sometimes people know when to hit the eject button and things work out perfectly for them and the other person. So, I'm not the one to give the best advice on love, because like I said, replay the first part of this, I don't want to say it again. Know your warnings, know your red flags, but most of all, know what you're getting into. Maybe you should only have one Krispy Kreme and just enjoy that feeling and not chase something that's not there. Maybe you should try to experience serotonin and avoid dopamine. Maybe you should try getting to know one another and really think things through. <laughs> so that's the best advice I had to him. And he seemed to be pleased with it. And I wish you the best. You know who you are. I'm not going to out you because I always ask for permission to talk to my friends. And some of them say, yeah, you can say my name, but say my name. Say my... No, here I go. Um, Yeah, but. He asked not to use his name. And I'm not making it up, y'all. I'm not. But heed the words of the fakest fake philosopher. Know what you're getting into thoroughly. But if you know it's true, nothing will feel wrong. Nothing. Not one thing will feel wrong. So there's that. So now I have to do a Mia Copa right now. Hello, everybody. You listening to my daddy, Big Brother Jake. This is the Big Brother Jake broadcast. Bye, everybody. Okay, yeah, like I mentioned before, I have to give props to where props is. And I'm fresh out the Laker game tonight. Saw LeBron score garbage points. 
I wasn't happy with his performance. I've come down on LeBron about well, a lot of things, you know, misleading people with, you know, pizza parties and wanting to mess with my favorite movies with House Party, you know, wanting to remake it, and, you know, he does things that irks me, he says things that he shouldn't say, in my opinion, but LeBron did something that I gotta give him props for, and that's not on the basketball court. I mean, you know, back in Akron, he has his school, and lots of kids, you know, are successful in class and all that, and that's all well and good, and I will never diss LeBron for that. But for those that live out of state, California's been going through it once again every year. We seem to have all these fires that break out every year, and particularly on the 405 freeway near the uh, Getty Museum, uh, a fire broke out. It was the Getty fire. And, of course, I got mad love for first responders. Uh, I'm friends with a lot of first responders. You know, they're, they're thankless people. It's a thankless job. And a lot of brave people that go through a lot of things. And fighting fires is one of them. And I got nothing but love for firefighters because of, you know, what they got to endure. Of course, police officers as well. But firefighters have been really working around the clock in the city of Los Angeles lately. So LeBron James, he was actually forced to evacuate from his Brentwood home. And that's not cool. You know, I don't wish that on anybody. Not even my enemies. And so it's scary times, but, you know, eventually after he fleed his home, they were able to get the fire under control and his family is allowed to go back. So... What LeBron James did, I thought, was one of the coolest things ever. He made sure that he sent taco trucks to all the firefighters that are fighting all the battles all over the city. Yeah, he said some crazy things about China, and he says a lot of things that are ill-advised, in my opinion. And he messes with Space Jam and House Party and all this other stuff. Which I don't like, and it's 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 light it's lighthearted, but don't mess with House Party. But I gotta give props for props is due. If I'm gonna sit here and rip the man, and he, I'm a Laker fan, I've never been a LeBron James fan, but I'm a Laker fan. So you know, he gets us a chip, then I'm gonna be happy. But he went out and made sure that these firefighters that are tired, overworked just working on fumes, barely awake, like really working hard, dealing with just the danger of a wildfire, fed all the firefighters and brought them taco trucks. It's one thing, you know, it's cool to get food. And, you know, I love when local businesses say, hey, you know, we're going to open our sandwich shop or whatever. You know, it's also a double treat when it's tacos. I love tacos. That's documented. What? I'm sorry, tacos. Because tacos a Del Taco Taco Bell. Tacos are street tacos. So he got taco trucks and made sure the firefighters ate. And I think that's amazing. You know, Guy Fieri, he's another one that gets on my nerves. But, you know, when the Northern California fires took place, he made sure he cooked for all the firefighters on the front line. I thought that was great, too. So I can't sit here and diss LeBron every podcast. And then he goes and does something great, and I can't. Ignore it either. So, LeBron James, props to you for doing this um, and taking care of our first responders here in L.A. 
with delicious tacos. Um, for that, you get props from me. I know you don't care. You never listen, and no one you know listens to this podcast. But um, shout out to LeBron James for doing that. That that's that's something he didn't have to do it. He didn't have to do it, but he did it, and I find it commendable. So, props to LeBron James. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Don't nobody go in the bathroom for about 35, 45 minutes. Somebody open the window. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm bumming right now. Ah, that was... Damn, I hate to say it, I got goosebumps. That was the late, great John Witherspoon in the cult classic movie Friday that I watch at least twice a month. Still, since it's come out. Damn, John Witherspoon passed away today at the age of 77. It's confirmed by his family. Um, John Witherspoon is one of the funniest comedians I've, I I remember from day one. I remember him doing stuff for, you know, Robert Townsend, Hollywood Shuffle, which a lot of people think, oh, and Friday he got a start. It wasn't Friday. I mean, Friday is where he became more mainstream and the Wayans brothers and all that. But besides what he did, you know, in Hollywood Shuffle, the winky dinky dog, you know, you got to watch it. Robert Townsend is one of the greatest movie makers of all time. I don't care what anybody says. But John Witherspoon, you know, he, any, any scene he was in, he stole the role. And he always made me laugh every time I saw him. It just, oh, man. And I know 77, you know, he lived a good life. And he lived a long time. But it still sucks to see that he's gone. And, you know, people like Ice Cube tweeting out. Stuff like he's devastated over the passing of John Witherspoon. Life won't be as funny without him. You know, Regina King that played the daughter on Friday. You know, my dad, my grandpa, my comedic inspiration. I love you, Spoons. Rest in paradise, King. You know, Arsenio Hall tweeted out, you know, Judd Apatow, all kinds of people. You know, we lost an icon and we lost a treasure in the comedic world with John Witherspoon because... We all have somebody in our family that's like John Witherspoon. Just crazy. You know, they love you, but they don't, it's tough love and they're crazy and they do it in a funny way, you know. And it's really, really, really bumming me out that he's gone. You know, now I want to go watch Friday and I'll probably watch it sometime on Friday out of respect to Mr. Witherspoon. But my favorite scene from John Witherspoon was in the movie Boomerang with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence and David Allen Greer and Halle, mm, Halle Berry. But that you know, inappropriate time. And this scene right here is where I thought, you know, everybody, oh, Friday, he did it in Friday. This is where this, this scene right here is what, where he just took off and became Pops and became Craig's dad on Friday. Check this scene out right here. My favorite scene in the movie Boomerang. I keep telling you, Mom, she should take some cooking lessons from you. All she do is cook pork. I bet we've eaten everything on the pig from the rooter to the tutor. The whole pig, huh? You didn't marry me for my cooking. <laughs> you 
Got that right, baby. That's why we got little Junior over there. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. You know, put my fist up a dog's ass like bang, bang, bang. You know, and you got to coordinate. You know, I'm sneaking playing these movie bites because, you know, I'm not supposed to, but I snuck them in. I don't care. Um, you know, I don't want to end the show on a sad note. I mean, I, I think it's been a pretty heavy episode for me, but John Witherspoon is just, man, damn, it sucks to see another one go. It's part of my childhood. You know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and he was in every funny-ass film that I love, you know, and I love the Wayans Brothers, and Pops was funny as hell, you know. Sometimes he played the same character in all his movies, but we... We again, we all can relate to somebody in our family that's like that. So, John Witherspoon, rest in peace. And I will not go into the bathroom for another 35 to 45 minutes in your honor. Okay? <laughs> rest in paradise, man. Damn. Um, okay. So, thanks for tuning into the Big Brother Jake podcast this week. Um, I know it's a really heavy episode, but. I wanted to be as authentic as possible because I have gone away from that. But my authenticity in the beginning of this podcast, when I started it a year ago, is what drew people in. And I will continue to keep the, you know, realness, I guess you should say. I, 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 sh I should say. And just keep it real and be honest. And I mean, not give all myself away like I do on social media, but. You know, somebody might be going through it and it might help them in the future. So, you know, you going through it, try to find a way to have your friends or family look out for you and, you know, have somebody keep you honest and hold you accountable. I, I did that with my family and they're like, Jake, you, you got to chill, man. Damn, see you on there all the time. Liking everything. Like, you're involved. So, had to pull back. And I got to be honest, it feels good, you know. Um... Only made a quick appearance to promote the show. Didn't look at anybody's stuff. Didn't like anybody's stuff. And that was hard for me to do, but I did it. So looking forward to next episode already. Uh, got some new equipment. Going to hit the road in the next few episodes. And going to do some fun things, man. Keep it light. This one was a serious one, and I had to tackle some issues. But we're going to have some fun. And I want to be as real as I can with y'all. So... You know, any anybody want to do another call-in segment like we did with the Dodgers? I'd love to do that. Hit me up at the Big Brother Jake Podcast or email the Big Brother Jake Podcast at gmail.com and let me know, and we'll do another one. So until then, thanks for listening, thanks for joining me, and I say to y'all, wait for it. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast.